Hey folks, Zach Oshman here, Iowa Insider, Indianapolis Star. This is Mind Your Banners for July 12, 2023. A, a bittersweet Mind Your Banners. This is Tyler Tashman's last, uh, at least, well, last in in his current capacity. I'm sure we'll find our way to have him on uh, again soon. We'll talk about where Tyler's going a little bit later. But um, to 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 do the the normal podcasting stuff first, the normal schedule first, Um Talking about Indiana basketball again, I think the last time, Tyler, we got together, we talked in particular about just kind of what things might look like uh, specifically for Indiana's backcourt if they don't fill that last scholarship as increasingly it feels like they're not going to. Um, but we got to talk to Malik Renew recently, um, and that I think just kind of prompted some some wider sort of discussion or um, – wider sort of um i guess what the i don't know thought about a front court that has been heavily remade we knew it would be we knew that it would um we knew that it would be very um sort of new look or or different look just just even before the end of last season, even before you factored in for players who might transfer, we knew Trace Jackson Davis was going. We knew Race Thompson was going. If you want to see Miller Cop as a front court player, at times he played like one, at times he didn't, but we knew he was going. Um, but now that I think we have a firmer sense of what Indiana is going to have in that front court, you can at least start to maybe draw some conclusions to to, to paint at least a rough picture. It is going to look very different. Um, and I think in listening to Malik Renew, one of the things that it feels like Indiana is, is really going to want to emphasize with that group, whoever's on the floor is, is a little bit more positional versatility and a little bit more sort of ability to, to, you know, find the offense for that group in different places, in different ways. It's not that they'll never post up again, but it's clear that, Renew, Kalel Ware, um, you know, certainly if you wanted to play smaller to a McKenzie and Baco or someone like that, there's going to be more of a desire to have some some offensive versatility in that group. Yeah, and one of the things I think my criticisms of Indiana the past, I guess, more last season, but it can track back more than that, is um, playing two back to the uh, basket bigs and race Thompson tried to be that kind of stretch for and and more geared to the modern game but he wasn't really able to shoot I think like you said what you see now is uh guys that are more geared to the modern game Kalel Ware took a lot of threes in his first season at Oregon he didn't shoot at a really high clip but he has shown an ability to stretch the floor more than Indiana has been accustomed to. And Malik Renew, I think this was actually interesting is that when I had talked to him during the NCAA tournament, I asked him if, if IU, when they were recruiting him, showed him video of Trace Jackson Davis. And he said that they actually showed him video of Julius Randall, who Mike Woodson was an assistant in New York when Randall was there. So, as as framework for what Malik could eventually uh, develop into. Obviously, he's not there right now, but I think 
if that's if that's the idea of you know what his offensive game wants to eventually be and that's what he said when we talked to him about basically being able to show that offensive versatility i think it's a a lot different and a lot uh better toward you know gearing towards the modern game and away from kind of the more archaic two back to the basket bigs that indiana has played and you even go back to like a little further back when indiana played Joey Brunk, Trace Jackson Davis, and Justin Smith all at the same time. And just like how difficult that was for floor spacing because you had three guys on the floor that couldn't really shoot from deep. And now I think you kind of need, with the modern game, you probably need at least four guys. So I think these guys that Indiana has have the skill set to do it. I think it's part of the development aspect of now, like can they do it? at a consistent clip. Otherwise you're going to kind of run into the same issues of floor spacing and um, those types of things that Indiana has dealt with the last few seasons. No, I, th- I think that's fair. And I think that the question is just sort of what does that versatility look like? And it's, it's not, you know, Malik Renu or Kalel Ware just spotting up on the three point line. Obviously I think, I think that, you know, one of the things that, that comes to mind to me is, is interchangeability. And and sort of this idea that I think, you know, if 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 we're sitting here right now and we are trying to predict what Indiana's starting lineup is going to be the first day of the regular season, Xavier Johnson is a lock to be your starting point guard if you're Indiana. As things stand, you would imagine Trey Galloway is probably your starting two. You know, if 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 somebody else is in that position, then like a CJ Gunn or somebody like that, then they've probably had one heck of a summer to put themselves there and summer and fall. Um, McKenzie and Baco is going to start somewhere. I think we can assume that um, if in, you know, if we're guessing or if we are sort of forecasting as best we can in Baco at the three renew at the four Kalo where at the five makes a lot of sense. Now to your point about, you know, those old Joey Brunk, Trace Jackson Davis, Justin Smith lineups. I don't think that three, four, five combination I just mentioned is going to be nearly so offensively limited, but it is going to have to prove that it can move around the floor, make shots in, in different places, um, you know, and 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 be able to pull defenders into uncomfortable situations, both for floor spacing and also to create or take advantage of of really positive matchups or, or positive for Indiana, obviously. And so what does that look like insofar as, you know, you're probably not posting players up nearly as much. I think you still will sometimes, particularly a player like Malik Renew or perhaps a player like Peyton Sparks who have some of that sort of established back-to-the-basket skill. And there's nothing wrong with running some offense that, you know, that posts the ball up and then works its way inside out. That's that that's perfectly fine basketball, but I think you're going to need a little bit more fluidity than that at times. And I think you're going to need certainly bigs who are at least as comfortable as Trace Jackson Davis was, if not last year, because obviously he went to a different level last year, but maybe two years ago in the screen and roll game. And I think that's where a player like certainly Kalel Ware, but I, I would start with Malik Renew because he is a returner, whereas everybody else is is kind of, you know, new to this from the perspective of Mike Woodson's system, you know, renew is going to have to be a player. And I thought it was interesting to listen to him 
sort of talk about both the the technical stuff that he's been working on and maybe some of the intangible stuff he's tried to embrace. He's only a sophomore. You can't expect him to be a, you know, a senior or a captain or whatever, but you know, it, it feels like he has a certain understanding that last season I was able to just kind of be one of the guys in a really good front court and, and I could carve out a role for myself and on, you know, when, on, when I was having a good night, it was fine. And when I was having to, you know, when I was struggling with foul trouble, whatever, I didn't quite say this. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but you can, you know, we, we could all see Trace Jackson Davis or Race Thompson or whoever could step in. It feels like Renew sort of understands this has got to be something new. This has got to be something different. And I've got to be a real sort of catalyzing force for that um, because I'm the guy that's back from last season. And I'm the guy that's going to have more of an understanding, even if we maybe do change some things offensively of what Mike Woodson wants than any of these other guys that are in the mix. And I think that's, you know, whatever his average is, whatever, you know, does he start, does he play off the bench, whatever. I think that's maybe kind of Malik Renew's most important role right now is providing as much continuity as he can and carry over as he can. Well, Indiana figures out, you know, how this works um in you know in in every other possible sort of setting i think too it's also just like the consistency piece because uh when you lose a guy like trace jackson davis who was so consistent with malik renew he was kind of the opposite his freshman season in terms of getting in foul trouble uh you didn't necessarily know what you're going to get with him on a game to game game to game basis but i think now it's trying to find to elevate his play but also find that level of consistency and going off of kind of this idea of stretching the floor I think for me one of the biggest concerns or question marks at least coming into this season which I, I don't think fans will probably enjoy hearing but is is three-point shooting um, we, we've known the three-point struggles that Indiana has had in recent history but last season Indiana took a really uh, considerable step forward shooting from three and I think that that was one of the positive storylines out of the season, but a lot of those guys that made that happen now are gone. Miller cop is gone. Tamar Bates is gone. Jalen hood. Shafino didn't really shoot at a really high clip, but he, he made, he made a good amount of threes. Um, so you're looking at basically your best returning three point shooter is Trey Galloway, who took a seismic step forward last season in terms of his three point ability. But, I you I really wonder who is going to be the guys that you can rely on to to stretch the floor and shoot from deep. I think one guy that people have uh, marked as a potential breakout guy is CJ Gunn. You know he he shot well at Lawrence North in high school, but didn't shoot. Uh, you know really struggled actually to shoot as a freshman. Caleb Banks I think is a really has a is a really good archetype for this kind of modern wing that can do a bunch of different things that can drive, that can shoot. We saw him come off the bench toward the uh, second half of the season and provide energy, but can he be a guy that can be relied upon? Can he, can he take that step forward? Uh, so, and, and I think that if, if Indiana was going to add someone in the portal, you probably would have liked to fill that last scholarship. You probably would have liked it to be a pure shooter. I think this was a really good off season for Indiana, but I think, the one thing they didn't uh, put in, they didn't add that was probably needed was just a pure shooter, someone that just is a dead eye can knock down shots. And so 
now you're kind of looking internally. And I think for me, that's one of the big uh, question marks, like I said, of who can step up of the returners of the newcomers uh, to be able to maintain that floor spacing and not kind of regress to where Indiana was, uh, you know, two and three seasons ago. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the big gamble with, and listen, Indiana clearly tried to target some pieces at, at guard Dalton connect. Uh, they were linked to Jordan Dingle. There were a, a few other transfers that, that maybe they were kind of in and around, didn't get quite as serious with. So it's not like Indiana didn't want more necessarily than what it has right now at, let's say somewhere, somewhere between the one and the three, if we're taught, if we have to put sort of positional labels on things. Um, but in the same breath, even if Indiana had, let's just say, brought in someone like Dalton Connect, who was a, a, a you know a high volume shooter scorer at a low major level last year, we would still be looking at a team that, in all likelihood, was going to start a front court. That that I mean, I don't think it's a stretch to suggest we'd still be looking at a, a team starting a front court of McKenzie and Baco, Malik Renew, Kalel Ware, and if you're going to do that, then the one big question you have to answer is can that front court shoot enough and not necessarily and when I say front court I guess I'm including the three and that's maybe a little bit sketchy in in terms of modern basketball but the point is you're going to go with big lineups that's that's what's happening here um you know if, if you're starting McKenzie and Baco as a three and I think he can be a three but I think he can also be a four and and if you're going to move him to the three, which is where Indiana may have to, to, to get him his, his starts and his minutes, then you're going with a bigger lineup, and that has its advantages, obviously. But on the other hand, you know, Mbako comes with, with some shooting credentials. I think at, at times in his career, particularly last summer, he shot the ball really, really well from behind the arc. At times, he has his percentages have been a little bit lower. Um you mentioned Kalel Ware, you know, he had that sort of that sort of uh, uh, reputation out of high school as and part of the reason he was a top 10 prospect in his class was that there was kind of this belief that he could be much more of kind of a modern five insofar as he could play inside, he could play around the rim, he could be a shot blocker and a rebounder, but he could also step out. Um, and last season, you know, if you look at kind of his, his best moments, um, you see some turnaround jumpers in there. You know, some 15 footers, some fadeaways that look really good. He was 15 of 55 from three last season for Oregon, which is 27.3%. But if that's a starting point, then that's good. Like if that's, you know, if, 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 if that's the worst season he has in college shooting from behind the three point line, that's a, that's a positive for a seven footer. And then you have Malik Renew, who I think we all saw last season flirted with the idea of having a little bit more range in his game than, for example, what we'd seen at the same point in their careers out of Race Thompson and Trace Jackson Davis. And I'm not talking about the Race Thompson you saw by the end of his career, who was less shy about shooting threes, but I'm thinking about, you know, redshirt freshman, redshirt sophomore Race Thompson. I'm thinking about freshman or sophomore Trace Jackson Davis. And you also had to ask, too, you know, the, the offense was built so much around post entries and and playing off of all that when you weren't running ball screen actions 
was Renew maybe being, because I think we all talked about how Trace Jackson Davis seemed to have better shooting form than he really showed in games, but maybe he just didn't feel comfortable shooting the ball because he felt like he had to make sure that he wasn't wasting possessions that would be more valuable running through the post. Um, was Malik Renew maybe just kind of caught in in that slipstream a little bit and would a different offense maybe allow him a little bit more space, a little bit more breathing breathing room to to, you know, do some of that extra stuff offensively but that is ultimately and and this could listen this could include Caleb Banks um, who had some some really good moments shooting the ball in his prep career this could include a a transfer if you can get a little bit better out of somebody like Anthony Walker Peyton Sparks I don't think really shot a ton of jumpers a ton of threes at at, uh, uh, Ball State but this could include somebody else as well my point is that has always been the the one big piece of this that Mike Woodson will have known from early on in sort of the, the, the drawing up of the blueprint he'd have to figure out is if I'm going to put, you know, let's just, let's even just say three from four of McKenzie and Baco Kalel where Malik Renew, Peyton Sparks on the floor a lot of the time and Sparks, I just looked it up as two of 12 over two seasons from behind the three point line at ball state. Mike Woodson's not soft. He doesn't need somebody to point out to him that he's going to have to figure out ways to get those guys shooting enough threes to space the floor a little bit more. And I think that is, to your point, the the biggest question mark around the way that this front court is built. And it's kind of a hard one to answer, both because of the individual skill sets of the players, but also because we can't really answer yet how this offense has changed structurally in the post-Trace Jackson Davis you know, era. One thing I wanted to mention real quick that I guess a player that maybe gets kind of probably I would say gets lost in the shuffle of everything that could potentially fill that shooting role. Really fascinating player is Anthony Leal uh, going into his fourth season at IU. He he's kind of taken a his career at IU has been sort of intriguing in terms of that he was a you know Indiana Mister Basketball. Uh, after Trace Jackson Davis and Trace Jackson Davis was after Romeo Langford and we know both of those guys have now gone into the professional ranks but Anthony Leo freshman season had some had some good moments and then the last two seasons I guess his sophomore season he, he he made a start and then it seemed like you know last season he basically fell out of the rotation for most of the season so he's a guy that I just wanted to mention that you know I don't know if I'd count on him to to be a three point shooting threat, but maybe he, you know, maybe he's a guy that going into his fourth season could take a step forward. Um, but also going more, but it's it's more kind of the idea that if it, like it, it's it's hard to see Indiana going overly small for long stretches this season, and so even if you even if you had like an Anthony Leal who could be a knockdown three point shooter you're still going to need somebody else to do that, and it can't be your point guard because he's got to have the ball in his hands. So you've got to find somebody that can be even like a 33% three-point shooter at some volume from that front court that can help you. Yeah, and I think that's why Mackenzie Mbako to me is so intriguing because one of just how highly touted of a guy is a guy he is that Indiana beat Kansas out in the recruitment forum, but he's kind of this wing that like Indiana hasn't had in recent years that can score at all three levels that's athletic that's long um 
you know, you look at Miller Cop and, and Miller Cop certainly was valuable in his shooting ability. And I think he did expand his game more last season, but uh, he wasn't, I don't think, what you would call the super modern wings that can do a little bit of everything. He he wasn't a guy that could really create a shot for himself on a consistent basis. Then, you know, going back even further, uh, someone like Parker Stewart, who kind of also needed to rely on other people uh, to get his shot. But uh, I think that Mackenzie Mbako has the potential to be a guy that can create for himself, create for others. But that also comes with the territory of like, if you're relying on him a lot, like you have to come with the understanding that he's a freshman and that as good as Jalen hood Shafino was as a freshman, there was also a lot of ups and downs. There was times when he was inconsistent and I think Mackenzie Mbako, you, the one thing that, like I said, and, and this kind of just goes into the, you know, the narrative of what we've been talking about, but is this, can he be what you don't want him to be is a high volume, low percentage shooter. Um, Cause that can create some problems in terms of floor spacing. If your three can't, can't, you know, really keep the defense in check. And I, I think with Kalel Ware and Malik Renew too, it's like, they don't need to be high volume three point shooters. I think they just need it. They just need to have respect from the defense. They just need to, they just need the defense to feel like they need to come out and guard them because that's going to create floor spacing and all that. I don't think they need to be shooting, you know, 83 pointers a season or whatever. Like if they can shoot at a, at a efficient clip, I think that's all that will be sufficient. Uh, but Mackenzie and Baco, I think he need, you know, can he be someone that can come in and really make a seamless transition as a freshman and be a guy that can knock down three pointers and stretch the floor and, you know, kind of ride out the highs and lows as a, as a freshman might endure. I think the other piece of this that interests me is, is ball screen offense was so important to Indiana the last, let's say season and a half. It was clear that Mike Woodson was kind of a little bit hesitant to kind of get into it. That first, maybe 15, 18 games of his first season. And then there was kind of this, this, sort of well-traveled meeting where Trace Jackson Davis and Xavier Johnson sat down with him and said, we think we can do this. Can you trust us to try and do this? And they started doing it. And all of a sudden, a team that didn't make a lot of threes and shot, you know, very few threes was still able to run a much more efficient offense because of the way it was just able to use ball screen actions to get defenses and conflict and attack downhill with an elite big and a really good point guard. You've got that point guard back. You've got you know, a couple of intriguing secondary ball handlers in Trey Galloway and and possibly Gabe Cups, um, who has earned some some positive reviews kind of for his, you know, behind the scenes for, for his first few weeks uh, on campus and, and in workouts and things. But again, you come back to the other side of any ball screen equation, which is the screener. And Trace Jackson Davis got to a place where he was so unbelievably skilled in ball screens and, and and Indiana could do so many things with him. And, and I'm, you know, this is going to sound like a Homer comment. I don't mean for it to, but like there is an extent to which I think you can reduce why Zach Eady is still in college to how good trace Jackson Davis is in the screen and roll game because of how much that exposed players like Jackson Davis and Jackson Davis, maybe 
at the top of the list, how much he could expose Edie's limitations in against what is much more resemblant, resem, resemblant, I think that's a word, of a pro-style offense. Um, is there somebody that can pick that up? If you're not going to do a ton of post-touch, if you're not going to do a bunch of, you know, come down, set up, dump the ball inside, and then start rotating off that. You can still do some. Listen, again, you're not – Indiana, no offense goes away from that forever. Every – watch the NBA. There's still plenty of post touches in the NBA, plenty of static half-court post touches. But if you're going to lessen your reliance on that, if you're going to turn down the percentage of your possessions that, that go in that direction, if you understand what I'm saying, then you would imagine a lot of that's got to flow more toward ball screens. And – I think Kalal Ware is a really intriguing player in ball screens because of both the pick and pop actions and because even when, you know, you talk to people that saw him in his one year at Oregon, even the people who might have pointed out some of the the holes, the other holes in his game would still say that one of the things he was really good at, he had great feet, he had good hands, he was really good in ball screen actions, really good at rolling to the rim and, and creating, you know, that way. Um Malik Renew, again, I think is going to be important to this because he's going to be the, the player who's got the greatest sort of comfort level with this already in terms of what Mike Woodson is trying to do. And then you do get to other players like an Anthony Walker, like a Peyton Sparks, maybe even at times, if, you know, I, I think this is a little bit harder to see, but maybe even at times a McKenzie Mbako, if you are playing smaller for whatever reason and you want to pick and pop with the four a little bit. Um, that's a part of this where, you know, if if you're if you're not going to be just this prolific, high volume, high efficiency three point shooting team, and I would be surprised if Indiana is, even in sort of a best case scenario, you can even some of those odds if you can be as good in ball screens this coming season in the aggregate as you were last season, and that's going to be tricky. <laughs> I mean, the, the, ultimately by February, the the two guys that made that offense go or guys that are now in the NBA. So, you know, that's, that's part of the reason Indiana was so good at it was just the skills of the players running the stuff, but you've got a six year point guard back who you've seen thrive in that offense. And you've got bigs of different types that I, I would think you can build almost sort of different, you know, this is a bad way of putting it, but like mini offenses around and say like when it's, when it's Kalel Ware in the, in, in the high, screen and roll game, these are the things we can do. And when it's Malik Renew, these are the things we can do. And some of that will always overlap, but some of it will be specific to the player involved. Some of it will even be specific to the player plus the lineup around them one way or another. I think that's the other big question I have, you know, to answer offensively with this front court is how quickly can you get them comfortable with what Mike Woodson's trying to do with high ball screens and in the screening role, because that can alleviate if it can be a positive, some of the, what we're talking about elsewhere in terms of maybe some lineup shortcomings. I think, I think Kalela Ware is going to be really good. I think uh, one thing that will benefit Indiana and himself as well. And Xavier Johnson is his athleticism and, and he's already at, you know, seven foot, but to be able to run that pick and roll where, you know, we saw Xavier Johnson throw lobs to Trace Jackson Davis for dunks. Um, I think that I, I, I'm really high on Kalel Ware. And I think what, just because of the talent he has, and it, it just didn't seem like it worked out at Oregon. Um, but I, I think that, uh, you know, he's working to kind of, you know, change the, you know, how he was perceived at, at Oregon, and I, I think that he he's going to be a, a real contributor 
contributor for Indiana this season. I think one other thing to note as well is that we've been talking a lot about just the offensive ability to, you know, versatility and stuff. But another, uh, you know, I mean, it's it, it's important to consider the de- defensive side of this too. Of like, if Malik Renew gets switched on to a guard, like, can he stick with him? Is he going to have enough agility and quickness to not foul and stick with him? Uh, same with Kalel Ware, because as good as uh, Indiana's defense was two seasons ago in, in Mike Woodson's uh, first season as head coach, we saw them get exposed uh, a lot last season by these lineups that were uh, smaller and quicker, you know, Penn State, Iowa, Kansas, uh, you know, to a certain extent, Arizona, but these offenses that uh, were a lot more high flying and um, a lot more versatile. So I think as much as you want to see that offensive versatility, I think it's really important too of that. If you run out of Mackenzie Mbako, uh, Malik Renu and, Kalel Ware lineup is that will they have the bandwidth and the athleticism and the versatility to be able to hang with a versatile offense that you know can that is playing three shooters or even you know four shooters are they going to be quick enough can they can they be able to switch those screens and uh, not worry about hedging and all that stuff Um, so I think when you talk about can Indiana's defense get back to the point that it was in Mike Woodson's first season. And, and part of this too could be that Xavier Johnson missed some of the season and and he was a real two-way guy. But so I think that certainly hurt Indiana, but can, can that versatility also translate to the defensive side? No, I think that's fair. And I think that's kind of the, the last thing to bring up and listen that the, you know, the, the counter to, a lot of this is, you know, other teams will be looking at Indiana and saying, boy, but they look big. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, and, and, and they've got this guy who's at center who didn't have a great freshman year. And there's still smart people who think he's going to be a lottery pick next year. And they got a guy that's going to start at the three as a top 10 recruit who's going to Duke and now he's going to Indiana and he might be a first round pick. And they just had two more first round picks in the draft. And we saw what Mike Woodson did with Trace Jackson Davis. What's he going to do with Malik Renew? So like, it's it's easy to kind of get caught in your bubble of of only seeing the flaws because it's it's five feet from your face and everything is five thousand feet from your face. But you know, in Madison or in East Lansing or in West Lafayette or wherever, somebody might be looking at Indiana and being like, "Yeah, they got a lot to figure out there." But if if they click it all in place, that's that's going to be a team that's going to present us some real problems. I think of maybe some of those those late beeline early um not perfect comparisons but those late beeline early Juwan Howard Michigan teams where it just felt like they just they just ran athletes and length and size at you all the time and you looked around and they just every every time you turned around they'd found another mismatch for you uh, the other question and i think this is a fair question that's going to again be really hard to answer until we see indiana is has have some things changed defensively i think there were times last season where indiana was comfortable doing certain things defensively because it knew it had a, an elite shot blocker at the rim. And maybe you take fewer chances. You know, maybe we're talking about an Indiana team that's not as, um, you know, not quite as, as uh, I don't know, wait, aggressive is probably not the right word because I think Mike Woodson will always want aggressive defenses, but but maybe you do it in a different way that isn't quite so sort of reliant on the idea of, well, there's a safety valve at the back end 
that's going to alter shots and force teams to take a bunch of jumpers. So we're not going to worry about that. And that's that gets a little bit again into just the question mark around this front court of what can Kalel Ware be protecting the rim? You've got some guys with some good rebounding numbers. Malik Renew had really good numbers for a freshman, especially when coming off the bench. Um, Peyton Sparks had really, really, really good rebounding numbers. And that's that's something that tends to translate up levels. You know, scoring sometimes doesn't and things like that. And shooting doesn't always. But rebounding tends to translate better across different levels of college basketball. Um, on the other hand, you know, how does it work with a freshman in McKenzie and Baco? Malik Renew's got to cut down on his fouls, all these different things. I do think that as much as we're going to talk about sort of how Mike Woodson might have to tweak and adjust and adapt his offense with this roster makeover we've seen this offseason, I think that we might wind up getting to December and finding out the defense took just as much kind of uh, absorbed just as much change. And I'll just kind of add this shortly, but to put kind of a wrap on what you were saying is that I think this team, this team's ceiling is higher than last last season's team. I think that they can be better. I think they are more talented. I think they're more geared to the modern game. Um, at the same time, though, I think that their floor is significantly lower because you have no Trace Jackson Davis to rely on if everything goes bad. Um, so I think, you know, I think there's a lot of moving, you know, obviously not a lot of new faces, a lot of change and departures from last season it's going to be interesting to see kind of if Mike Woodson can continue to take these kind of incremental steps forward with a lot of new guys and trying to mesh together some returners we'll finish uh with a a fond farewell Tyler is off to Iowa he will not be living in Des Moines um much to his dismay I'm sure wonderful town Des Moines Iowa I got to spend some time there during the NCAA tournament a few years ago. Uh, but working for the Des Moines Register, covering Iowa, what, everything? Basically, I guess you you tell us exactly what the what the gig is here. Yeah, it's, so it's the Iowa Hawkeyes beat reporter for the Des Moines Register. Um, and it's mainly football and men's basketball. But so it's kind of like I'm basically like you of Iowa. So I don't know what you think about that, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know if that feels good. You, you can, uh, I tell you what you can do for me is you can send me all the limited release, small batch toppling Goliath uh, beer that, that that they don't distribute out here. And you can, you can just go ahead and ship that to me or you can have it ready. Uh, I don't think we'll see you in Iowa City this year in football or basketball. Men's basketball doesn't go there, and I don't, I don't believe football does either. We will see you at Big Ten Media Days in just a couple of weeks. So the more things change, the more they stay the same. But um, you, well, I, I, we will say our proper goodbyes off air. But Tyler's going to do a, a hell of a job out there. Um, and speaking selfishly, I'm glad he's staying in the Gannett Network. Um, because it reinforces what I think is already an incredibly strong, just sort of Big Ten presence we have across a number of different schools, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Purdue, um, Iowa, uh, obviously, and just kind of moving up the ladder. But we're sorry to lose him because he's been an absolute, um, he's been a, a hugely contributing member of what we've done the last, what, year, 
plus, I guess, at this point. He has done some fantastic work for us. He is a hard worker. He is a smart worker. Um, Des Moines is getting a great one, and I just wish it wasn't at our expense. But Tyler, thanks for everything. And uh, if you've got if if you have any anything anything, let's say you know PG appropriate to share with the uh, the listeners one more time, this is your last mind your banners platform for the moment. Nah, I appreciate the kind words and. Uh... I, you know, I just thank everyone for following along and supporting my work. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to, because for people that don't know, like I, I haven't done this full time. Like I've been uh, a student. I just graduated in May. So I'm looking forward to really being able to, uh, you know, dig in and, and do it full time. And, um, you know, I love Bloomington. Uh, yeah, I won't be far away. Actually, Iowa basketball plays at IU this season. So I plan to be back in Bloomington for that. But um, I think I, I said this before and I, I thought about it, like, I think what makes a place special is not just the place. Obviously, the place has to be special, but it's also the experiences you have there, the highs, the lows, the people you meet. Um, And I think for me, that's what Bloomington really became is somewhere that I learned about myself Uh, you know, dealt with challenges, overcame stuff, had success. Um. So I just I really appreciate all my time in Bloomington and I, I won't be far. I'll still be around. So I don't really want to make a sappy goodbye, but we'll get you back on here. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get you. We'll get you. Maybe when Indiana plays Iowa, we'll just get you on to kind of talk about the state of things. And God knows where Indiana will be. Then I'm sure Iowa will have some 23 point a game score making a ton of threes. Fran always seems to find them. Um, but between between now and next, when we speak to you, thank you, Tyler, for everything. Thank you all for listening. This has been Mind Your Banners for July 12th, 2023. We will be back. We'll be off next week, but I think probably back the week after that, starting to talk a little bit more about football. So looking forward to it. And until then, we'll talk to you soon.